Hi, I'm Hallie, and I'm here to welcome you to The Odd Life, that's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. You see, I feel that women who are living odd have such important stories that need to be heard so they can inspire us to find our own oddness. I want this to be a space where you come to laugh, cry, feel inspired, and most of all, feel more connected to yourself and the women in this odd life community. I'll be talking with women who are practitioners, authors, experts, entrepreneurs, creatives, coaches, philanthropists, and so many more, as well as doing solo casts to bring you what you need when you need it. No matter where you are on your journey in this life, why not go through it odd AF? Again, I'm your host, Hallie, and this is the Odd Life Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's a solo cast, and I'm going to talk a little more in depth about my breakup with alcohol. I mentioned it in the very first episode. I touched on it briefly just to give it uh, some, give you some foundation of why I created the odd life and how I got to that point. But I want to dive in a little deeper because it's becoming definitely a more popular thing. I've seen more non drinking. <laughs> Uh, like comments and posts and uh, drinks out there that, you know, non-alcoholic drinks are becoming more popular. And I don't think it's a trend. I think it's something that's going to stick around for quite a long time. And I want to share my story for a couple of reasons uh, so you can get a better picture of what life is like not drinking, but also how you can show up for your friends. Um, Maybe you're drinking still, which is totally fine. This is no shame, no guilt, whatever about that but how you can show up for your friends that are considering themselves a non-drinkers, sober, whatever they want to call it. But I want to start at the beginning, help you understand kind of why this is important to me to stop drinking, um, where it all began, kind of give us some foundation to my decision of not drinking in, in 2018. So back when I was a kid, I was younger. Um, my dad's an alcoholic. He's no longer with us, but he he's an alcoholic. Um, was all my life, basically, ever since I can remember memories. Those were the memories I had. A lot of fights, a lot of, you know, drunkenness, a lot of uh, just never, never going anyplace or going to dinner, going to the lake with family, you know, drinking was always involved. Let's put it that way. I never had seen somebody socialize basically without drinking. My mom really didn't drink a whole lot, but I don't think I really noticed her not drinking as much as I noticed how much he was drinking. So he kind of overshadowed anything she wasn't doing. So had that going on growing up. And so I started drinking at an early age. I was uh, in high school. And the reason, there's a couple of reasons why I think why. Uh, lived in small town America and never ever really felt like I fit in to my community. I didn't have, I had one best friend growing up. And her and I connected on a level. Her dad was an alcoholic. Her parents ended up getting divorced. Mine were still together. Uh, but we understood kind of that life. And we clung to each other to help us kind of deal with, it's almost we were each other's escape. We had the best time. We laughed. Like everything else went away. When we were together, anything else could have happened and we could care less. Like just we were each other. It was it was, a, it was all I needed in life at that time. At that time. And when we started partying in high school, I started to feel more um, more confident. I felt like I was part of something. 
I felt funnier because my best friend was all those things. My best friend was super confident. She was funny as hell. Like their family's been there for years. Everyone knew their family. She was the absolute favorite. Like everyone knew who she was. She never made anybody feel bad about themselves. She included everybody. She was homecoming queen, but also the basketball star. Like she was everything. And I was the sidekick. And I think drinking helped me feel more equal. It was the two of us always. And I felt more seen when I drank, which is absolutely ridiculous because actually what I was doing was hiding. So looking back on it, it was such a interesting and ironic way that I saw myself back then. Um, then that took me into college, went off into college and joined a sorority, loved all the girls I met, uh, instant friends. But the thing that tied us together was socializing, um, drinking, going to parties, the bars, whatever. That was our connector. I shouldn't say that. Obviously, in a sorority, there's a lot more things that are going on besides drinking. But so much of our time spent together was drinking. And a lot of the memories I have of college, a lot of more revolving around an activity that included drinking. Then I met my husband in college and our dating life revolved around drinking, went to the bars, you know, we'd go do things, whether it's, you know, go to the movies, we'd, we'd go in, there's a few lakes nearby, we went fishing and it always involved, you know, bringing a, a drink with us, never, never, why would we do that sober? That's silly. So then as I got married, uh, our, we moved to, actually moved to Kansas city after, after, um, six months of being married, moved to Kansas city, started new jobs down here. And my work environment was very young. I was in Omaha before same company, different branch, but very young, kind of like college 2.0, a lot of drinking, a lot of, a lot of, uh, meeting out for happy hours. So just that life, my working life became you know, we'd work and then go right to the bars afterwards. I had nothing else going on. I wasn't, you know, dealt with the family yet. And then my husband, again, when it came along with, and just that became our norm. We'd go out uh, in Kansas City. That bars were open later than they were back in Nebraska. So we ended up, oh my gosh, we're absolutely going to stay out late. She's just kind of silly. Just, it was constant. It was never not part of our lives. And when I hit, um, gosh, you know, my mid-30s, late-30s, I had been doing a lot of health you know, like evaluations of myself, like, okay, I've got all these issues, health issues, I got to get this fixed. So I would do everything but not drink. I would cut out sugar, I'd cut out unhealthy foods, processed foods, I would drink all the smoothies and the juices. But the one thing I wouldn't give up was alcohol. And as I got closer to middle age, you know, 40-ish and beyond, uh, I started to realize my body wasn't responding to certain things like working out, whatever. And so when I had an opportunity, so 2018, it was the September 2018 when I heard about this, it was this 90-day challenge. And it was, you know, drink half your body weight in ounces of water. It was going, getting eight hours of sleep. It was um, moving your body at least 30 minutes a day, things like that. And one of the other things was to give up a food category that you knew wasn't good for you. Initially, I was like, oh, dairy, got to give up dairy. I get bloated. I break out. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go with dairy. No brainer. But I end up going, but what if I also gave up alcohol? What if I decided to stop drinking the last part of the year? 
And prior to this though, in 2018, at the beginning of the year, I had done a cleanse back in January, 2018. I felt amazing. And I actually went longer than like the three week cleanse. I went, I think almost to 12 weeks. I just was kind of like over it. I felt great. And again, at this time I had been doing all these great things health-wise. I was eating, you know, cleaner foods, all this. And I think it was the alcohol that finally I was like, I got to kick this for longer than just three weeks. And so I did. And so I had actually sporadically been drinking throughout 2018, but not anywhere near what I had before. I think I was just over it. I was over feeling like shit in the morning. I was over getting crappy sleep. And uh, that became more important to me than than drinking. So I had cut way back. So needless to say, it wasn't going to be like, oh my gosh, I had just been going crazy for the last nine months and now I'm going to call it cold turkey. I just had, I cut way back. So I'm going to give myself a little credit there, but never had, had not drank in the fall. I'm a I'm a Nebraska girl. We do football. We do we not do it very well these days, but we still do football. It's a big deal. Um, we go to the high school football games. We support our friends. We go to tailgates. It's the same season as my wedding anniversary. It's holidays, all that stuff. Like who doesn't drink during that time of the year? That's insane. So that was a big deal for me to pick that time of the year to do this. And the whole goal of this 90 day challenge was to finish the year strong. So that way your 2019 starts on a high note rather than trying to dig yourself out of a hole. Because usually at the end of the year, you're like, ah, screw it. I'll start back up in January, right? Everyone usually does that. So we're starting the year higher because we've we finished the, the year strong the year before. So that was the intention behind the challenge. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, no big deal. I've done this before. Hit our anniversary. We go out to dinner. I do not drink. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I think this is okay. I, did, I was fine. It was like the middle of the week. So it wasn't like it was a Friday, Saturday night. It was the middle of the week. We had things going on. It's a lot easier to, to do that then. You know, it's football season though. And I'm and I'm finding other things to do, like whether it's drinking, um, you know, seltzer water with some lime. You know, I make I, kombucha became my best friend during the fall, things like that. And I'm finding that I'm actually loving it. It was very empowering to go somewhere that normally like we'd go to a crowded bar to watch a special football game and I'm not drinking. felt actually really, really great. I did not have FOMO at all. And the reason why I think was because once I got a taste of like, oh, great sleep, not waking up in the middle of the night to go pee, uh, you know, my skin looks better. There's a lot of things that were happening that made me realize they were worth it versus the couple drinks I was going to have during the football game. So here I am starting to actually, I feel like I'm growing a muscle. Nope, I'm great. I'm not drinking. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Um, and I felt super empowered because I think for a very long time, I would be drinking something else. Like I would make another drink or tell the bartender to bring me a you know soda water with lime. No one would know that I wasn't drinking. And so I was proving to myself that I'm totally fine without it. I am fun without it. Nobody here even knows and no one's questioning it. Uh, I'm fun. I'm good. And so my confidence grew. Um, the, the little voice in my head that used to shame myself and guilt myself for like, oh, why did I have that one more drink? Why did I, you know, eat Taco Bell at midnight? You know, when normally I would never have done that. But once I had a few drinks, I'm like, oh, absolutely going to Taco Bell for sure. Like that shit all went away. And I became proud of who I was. I was proud of my decision. I felt so in control. My mind was clear a lot of things that were happening. So it became like this kind of ball rolling downhill, like a snowball rolling downhill was gaining 
more and more confidence as it went along in speed. And I was like, I am so good. So when I hit my 90 days, I was like, I'm going to keep going. This feels amazing. Let's go. I made it through Christmas and then New Year's did not drink. And I was actually really, really like proud of myself. And so when I hit a hundred days of being sober, I was like, you know, a hundred days is a big deal. I've never gone this long before. And so I had found this picture. I had a picture of myself. Uh, I'd gone on a road trip with a friend the year prior and I had a picture of me on the side of the road. We had pulled over. There was this beautiful view of the mountains and the aspen trees were turning yellow. And I had had her take a picture of me. Like my back was to the camera. I had my, my arms up kind of like in a victory pose. And I used that picture and I put a hundred days sober on top of that picture. I had, of course, people that, you know, had been following me like, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations, whatever. And then I had a really good friend reach out to me and she's like, oh my gosh, I just found out that you were 100 days sober. I didn't know you were an alcoholic. Did you go through treatment? Tell me all the details. This is a close friend from um, when I was younger and she's not really on social media. So she had to find out through somebody else that was following me. And I was like, no, I'm not an alcoholic. I just chose not to drink and I'm loving how I'm feeling. So I'm celebrating that I went 100 days without drinking. Oh, okay. And that was a big light bulb moment. Like, oh my gosh, the word sober is a huge trigger for people. Like as in when you hear the word sober, you automatically assume that person's an alcoholic. And it just became kind of like this thing that was like a little bit annoying. Like why would you assume that I'm an alcoholic just because I'm not drinking? And so that actually became a little bit more fuel (laughs) for me like, oh, you know what? This is nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. So I kept going. And that fall, and like I mentioned in episode one, that fall of not drinking and getting to that 90 days as I reflected on the year and how I wanted to feel for 2019, I just had all these words and I just felt so motivated and just excited for my life. And those words that I came up with, awake, well, and empowered were the ones that stuck. And I felt I have never felt more awake in my life. I've never felt healthier in my life. And I've never felt more empowered in my life. And what's the common denominator? I am not drinking alcohol. I have more vision, more clarity. Just a lot of things were happening. I'm like, why would I want to mess this up? So I just kept going. I ended up making it all the way through to the next year, December of 2019. And I ended up uh, going on vacation with my family. We went down to Cabo San Lucas And if you've ever been to Cabo, you know what it's like. You walk off the plane and then you walk outside. There's a bar outside. As you wait for your taxi or your shuttle or whoever's picking you up, there's a a stand out there with a chance to get a beer, a margarita, whatever. And I was like, you know, I've I've done a year and a half. I'm on vacation. I'm just going to test this out and see how I do. And I ended up sharing a beer with my husband. And at first I was like, why am I doing this? And I had a little voice in my head like, okay, kind of seems like a dumb decision. But I'm on vacation and I'm going to compartmentalize this. I'm on vacation and I'm going to leave this here when I'm, when I'm done. And that's maybe a rationalization that a lot of people do. But I uh, had half a beer and I was like, eh, all right, I think I'm good. Like I just was done. Normally, I'd have two beers standing there waiting for our shuttle. And then we'd have the guy stop at the liquor store on the way to our resort. Our resort's about 45 minutes from the, the airport. So we'd pick up a six pack or whatever for the road trip. Because, you know, vacation doesn't start until you start drinking heavily. And so I end up like having half a beer. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm with my family. I don't really, this isn't that kind of vacation, number one. But two, I was like, I just, I want to be present for this. And so throughout the week, 
I'd have a couple randomly here and there just to kind of, again, maybe test myself. I don't know. But also probably to try and fit in and feel part of like, okay, I'm, this is all inclusive we're doing right now. And I kind of feel like I'm not getting my money's worth, but I, I'd have a half and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good. And I end up having to make me a non-alcoholic thing. Like, okay, can I have a mojito non-alcoholic right now? Whatever. And uh, that was fine. Totally fine. Um, a lot of times I just have me have me make a soda water with lime, put a bunch of fruit in it, and I'm good to go. And I'm remembering everything. I'm not wasting my morning because we're sleeping in. Uh, so we don't feel very good. We're not boozing up at the pool. We're actually doing things. It just, it felt so different. And I was so like, just, wow, this is how I should be spending my vacations. Just paying attention and more aware and what's going on. And I realized that moment though, that my relationship with alcohol had changed because I no longer needed it. I no longer wanted it. I didn't need it to feel like myself. I didn't need it to be on vacation and feel like I'm really vacationing without it. It just, I, it lost its grip on me. And I think that week was the, the test. And I feel like I really passed, even though I did have some drinks, it was just, was so different. When I came home, I wasn't trying to like, oh, I need a vacation for my vacation. None of that. I felt refreshed. I felt ready to go. Uh, I just, it was such a different feeling. So it's been such an interesting I say experiment, but something to witness is that you go from all of your life until you're 47 years old. And ever since you started drinking, which I think at the time I was 15, 16, and uh, to go that long, I mean, 30 years of drinking, and then deciding I'm good without it. I'm so much better without it. And how my life feels like it's just starting now. So what I've learned that alcohol, it gave me such a false sense of confidence. That wasn't confidence at all. That was hiding. That was not me at all. That was me hiding from myself. I thought I was more fun by drinking. I'm no longer a wallflower. I'm no longer an outsider. I'm actually funnier. I'm here in the middle of the crowd. I'm, I'm the one they're paying attention to. If you know my husband, he's a pretty large personality when he's out and about. And so I felt like, okay, I'm his equal. People are paying attention to me and not him. And just a lot of weird confidence issues, obviously I had going on. And now what's it made us address our marriage differently because I no longer drink. So what do we, how do we socialize with each other? How do we hang out with each other without it? And that's been something that we're still working on, but I think it's going to make us stronger in the end because of it. But what it's done for me is that I'm so much more me. I'm I'm finding out who I am, who I am. I'm I'm more motivated. I'm more just um, clear about the direction I'm heading, and I don't have this thing holding me back. I think alcohol was almost like a procrastinator for me. So it's almost like there's something hard you have to do. Like you got to pay your taxes, or you got to balance your checkbook. I don't know who does that anymore. Probably my friend, Sam. And if you're listening, Sam, that's you. Uh, like a tough tap, folding laundry, you know, whatever. And you find something else to do. Like, oh, I'm going to check my social media real fast. Or I'm going to get on Netflix and watch the, like that last part of my show. I didn't finish that episode. It's kind of the same thing. Like it's procrastination. It's alcohol delayed my progress. So now I'm like catching up with myself and I'm 
I feel like I'm trying to like I was slowly jogging before. Now I feel like I'm running and I'm like running in the right direction. All of those things. I'm, and there's so many stories that someday I might get into some of those. There's so many stories that have such guilt and shame wrapped up in them because of alcohol. And they're part of my trauma story. They're part of my, uh, you know, my kind of dark part of my soul. And it's a part of me that there's times in my life I look back and go, God, I remember a certain memory. I remember something that happened. I'm like, that doesn't even, that's not even me. That wasn't even me. Like that, that person, I can't even tell you who that person was. And I'm so grateful and so like just happy that I'm no longer that person. Uh, I don't even know what that was. That was a shell of somebody. I lived all those years as a shell. And the ability to make great decisions now, I have an ability to have true friendships that are not based on us going out drinking together, that they're based off great conversations or activities that we like to do together. I mean, my future is bright. I mean, I've been doing a podcast for God's sakes. I would have been holding myself back for years if I would be drinking right now. I, I know this thousand percent. Because I used alcohol as a way to hide from myself. I used it to, to numb out. I used it to be part of a crowd, to fit in. I don't want to fit in. I don't want to fit in anything. I want to be myself. And if that means I stand out and I'm apart from other people, that's fine. Because it's, it's me. I'm true to myself. So this may not be anybody else's story. You're like, dude, I have a glass of wine a weekend. Big deal. I get that. That's totally fine. I am not saying that you have to stop drinking to find yourself, but I'm just telling you my experience and wow, just what a difference four years have made. So uh, I also want to share a little bit about what it's been like to interact with people during this time and give some tips or some ideas of what to do, what not to do. If you are a person that's drinking and you have a friend that's no longer drinking, whether they call themselves sober or not, sober curious, whatever, if they're drinking less, if they're just not drinking at all, whatever, I've got some ideas and I'm going to share why, because I think it's important to, to, to understand your friends <laughs> and what they're going through or whatever. But before I get to that, I want to also mention this, that when I said no to alcohol, I could tell it made a lot of other people really uncomfortable. And I think what it does when we do anything, whether it's eat better, work out more, I don't know, um, drink less, right? Whatever. It holds a mirror up to people. It, it reflects something back to other people that they, they don't always like to see. I've experienced this when I started eating healthier and we'd go out to, to restaurants and I would order, you know, a salmon and a side of vegetables as my meal. I don't do that all the time. I've definitely ordered a burger and fries before. That's not, they, that's whatever. But there's times like I don't want to ha have something heavy and greasy before I go to bed. So I'm going to order something healthy. And I've gotten shit from people so many times like, oh my gosh, like, of course you ordered the salmon and I ordered a big burger. I'm like a big fatty or, you know, or they said things like, of course you ordered that, like eye roll, like in a negative way. 
so when it came to alcohol, it kind of became that same thing. Like it became a mirror. And I think sometimes people don't like to see that they can make a choice as well. And that's hard. And I get that. But my choice does not have to be anybody else's choice. And that's something that the other people have to look in the mirror and see what, you know, do they like what they see? That's not my job. My job is not to make other people feel comfortable because they still choose to drink. You know what I mean? So I'm doing what's right for me, but I realize that it's an eye opener for other people. Just like eating healthy, just like working out more, all those things, it can make people feel, feel really uncomfortable. So again, that's not my job though. And I want you to think about that. So if you are reacting to somebody like, you know, oh my God, they're not drinking. Maybe examine why you're thinking that, why you're feeling that. Is it because they're making you feel guilty or shame? Or that's not actually what they're doing. You're making yourself feel guilt or shame. By someone choosing not to drink alcohol, it's not about you. It's about themselves. So that's just kind of a little observation that I've found. I want to give a little list of some things what not to do to someone that's trying to be sober or that's working on their sobriety or that is no longer drinking, whatever you want to call it. One is don't ridicule them. If someone's not drinking and they say, I'm good, I'm not having a drink tonight or whatever, I'm doing a cleanse or whatever their statement is, please do not make fun of them. Oh my gosh, why would you do that? It's fall, it's you know football season. Uh, you not drink, are you kidding me right now? Like that whole thing. And I'll give you an example. I was uh, at the pool. It was the end of the summer. We had finished baseball for the weekend. We were at the pool and one of our friends came up and he had a cooler and I wasn't, there was nothing in my hands. And so he's like, hey, you want to, I got a, got a cooler full. You want a beer? I'm like, nope, I'm good. And he's like, I got, I got Trulies as well. I'm like, no, I'm good. And my dumb ass, rather than just leave it there, said, well, I haven't drank for almost a year and I'm not going to start now at the pool on a random Sunday. And I said it in a smart ass way that I thought was smart ass, but I think it probably came off differently. And he's like, if you're trying to impress me, it's not working. Or he said, sometimes that fact, or like, or were you trying to impress me? And just was like, I felt so stupid for saying it. Like, why did I even say that? Number one. But it's like thinking about what his reaction was like, okay, if you were a really great friend and you cared about me, I would hope the reaction would be, oh my gosh, you've almost, you, you've gone a year. That's awesome. Holy crap. You know, anything like congratulations rather than, are you trying to impress me? And again, I put myself out there. So, but if a friend says something, please don't make fun of them. If this may be a really hard journey for them and we don't know why, you don't know why, maybe they're not drinking. It could be something that happened in their life that was traumatizing. It may be that they are an alcoholic. There's a lot of reasons why. So please do not make fun of them. Because that's shame. That's shame causing again. That that's something that's making them feel isolated and and you know dumb or whatever. Two, don't try and persuade them to drink when they've said no. Leave it at that. Um <laughs> I was at a 50th, like it was a surprise party, some of the friends for 50th birthday. And I had, they had bottles of water. I'm walking around with a bottle of water and uh, a friend, quote unquote friend says, 
hey, you need a beer? I'm like, no, I'm good. And then my husband, God love him. He's like, no, she's not drinking right now. She's, you know, not drinking and whatever has gone this long and however long it had been. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, life's a lot more fun with alcohol. And just, you know, had bugged me like three or four times to drink. And I was like, no, I'm good. And by the time, like, then that's when my husband kicked in and said, well, she's gone this long without it. And he made that comment. But it was like, oh my God, stop. Someone says no. Do not harass them to keep, to keep, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, come on, have one. I'm like, no, I'm good. Because again, you don't know the situation. They may be an alcoholic and you're persuading this person. They're trying to be brave and be in a situation where they're around alcohol maybe. And here you are harassing them to have one more. Have one, have one, have one. How would you feel if you're the person that that pushed an alcoholic to have a cocktail? They they they, you know, they go off their streak. They're they're back and then all of a sudden they go on their bend, you know, a, a, a bender. And maybe think of that situation before you bug someone to have one. But then on the flip side, do not assume a person that is not drinking is an alcoholic, like my friend did. Uh it's not, it may not be that big a deal. It may not be like life or death. It just may be the fact that they just don't like the way they feel. So when someone says they're not drinking, don't assume they're an alcoholic and don't go around the corner and go, oh my gosh, I think Susie is an alcoholic. She hasn't been drinking. I think she went to treatment. And next thing you know, everyone thinks I've gone to treatment and I'm an alcoholic. My marriage is on the rocks. Like all of a sudden things take off, right? Don't assume that thing either. Don't assume the person's an alcoholic because they're not drinking. That's kind of silly actually. Um, another thing, please do not leave people out of plans just because they're not drinking anymore. Like even if it's the girls night out every, every Monday night or every Thursday night, still invite them. Don't exclude them because they're not drinking. They can still order a soda water and lime. They can still have conversation. I mean, unless you're going to the club and you're going to, you know, you're all slamming drinks and it's, you know, two for ones or whatever. And that's going to be kind of weird for a person that's not drinking. Sure. But if you're going somewhere, uh, let them exclude themselves. If they don't want to be there and be around alcohol, if it's just not their vibe anymore, let them exclude themselves. Please still invite your friends to do the things you always do. You'd be amazed at how strong they are in a situation. They can say no and they can still have a fun time and they can still con- you know, have a conversation and be your friend. Uh, but on the flip side, these are some things you can do. So with that friend that's maybe no longer into going out to the club or whatever, if you're truly friends and you want to spend time with them, find something else that connects you with them, that you can engage with them in a different way. Uh, maybe it's doing coffee together or going to lunch or going on walks. Maybe go to the spa together, get your nails done together, uh, go see a movie, find something that you both love to do and do that instead. Uh, if you know a person that's not drinking and that's a big deal. They've told you like, I stopped drinking on this date. Put in your calendar. If they're a friend of yours, you remembering that date and celebrating it with them will be a big deal. It will mean a lot to them. Uh, say congratulations. You don't have to go and like buy them a bouquet of flowers, or whatever. You could, but just recognize it with them. Support them on that date. Tell them I'm so proud of you. You know, whatever. I know this has you know, been five years. How great. I'm so proud of you. Um, keep going, whatever. That's all it takes as well. Recognize that date. If they're keeping track of it, then be there for them on that date. Also, if you've got a friend that's not drinking, find out their why. But I think if you know their why, then you're much more able to show up as a good friend 
in a way that can help them keep going for whatever reason. If it's a health issue, you know, I don't, whatever the issue is, whatever their, their why is, you can show up as a better friend. Um, and the last thing I would say is if you are hosting something at your home, whether it's a football tailgate or a party or, you know, whatever, make sure you have non-alcoholic options and not just water. They like to have fun drinks too. And the reason why is because I, whenever I've gone to a party and there's nothing that's non-alcoholic, you have to ask for it, right? Can I have a glass of water, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, you're not drinking. So it just highlights the fact they're not drinking. If you have a non-alcoholic options already, re- you know, available, then they can access them without having to ask and they can access them without being all of a sudden in the spotlight, like without like scrutiny or whatever, because you can have a can of something, put it in a koozie and no one knows the difference, or you can pour it in a glass and no one knows the difference because it's a lot easier sometimes just to do like that than answer a thousand questions from people because sometimes that's what happens. And if you can have those options ready to go and have fun options, there's all kinds of fun, sparkling waters. Now there are healthy drinks. You can do kombucha, when I wasn't drinking in the fall, uh, that first time I was drinking kombucha mixed with a little soda water, some lime, uh, I had, it felt fun. It still felt festive. I've never been more hydrated in my entire life than I have the last three years, but I don't always want just freaking water. I want to have something fun too. So making sure you've got something for your friends. Um, and that's kind of it, you guys. I, I just wanted to give you a deeper dive into what it's like maybe the why behind someone's getting sober, giving you a chance to like maybe empathize or understand a little better and just like what to do, what not to do. Again, this is not intended to be a guilt or a shaming or, or anything about not drinking anymore. Like, well, you should, you shouldn't drink. That's not it. I just want you to understand your friends that are not drinking, understand them a little bit better. Um, and that's my story. Again, I, there's a lot more probably even to that, but don't want to go into that quite yet. Um, but yeah, that's my breakup with alcohol. It, it's, it's never going to be what it used to be. I have no idea what my next drink's going to be. If I ever will, I just, it's one of those things I have no desire to drink. It does nothing for me. Um, I don't feel good drinking. I don't like myself drinking. And so why would I choose to do something when I'm feeling so great the way I am? So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And if you've ever been sober curious, I would highly recommend reading some books. There is a great book called um, Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. She gives her story, which is, she had a lot of things going on. She had a lot of things she was, uh, I say addicted to, but yes, probably. But she gives a lot of tools and things that she did to get away from that life that did involve AA. Because I don't think I would be able to handle AA myself if I ever had to go that route. But there's so many ways to to help yourself. And she gives some great ideas, some tools of what she did to kind of break your habit of drinking. You type in the word sober curious as a hashtag in any any social media platform, and you'll find that many, many people that are sharing things, sharing their stories. And so if you're looking for a community of people that are drinking less or not drinking at all, I guarantee you can find them out in the world um, without having to go to AA or sit in a church basement or whatnot. 
And I'm happy to have a conversation as well. I love talking about it. I love sharing my experience. And I have a Patreon page that we're going to be talking about these things and the kind of behind the scenes in our private community. That's what it's for. I want to keep this podcast um, ad free. So that is a space we can go that we're interested in the same things like this all live community. If you're interested in being awake, well, and empowered, you can be part of our private community by going to the Patreon page. It's listed in the show notes and we can go have conversation there. The Patreon page is a way for this place to stay ad free, but also it's like a paid subscription basically for content. That's what I want for this community. I want us to have engaged, intentional conversations an engaged community. So that is it. Uh, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, you have no idea the joy this brings me each week. I mean, this is, I know a solo cast, but me being able to also talk to people and get their stories out and share their amazing lives with you all and their expertise or their knowledge or, you know, whatever, it just brings me a lot of joy. I love curating that kind of information. So thanks for letting me do this. Thanks for paying attention and for sharing with your friends and and leaving reviews. And I will see you next week. Have a great weekend, you guys. Talk soon. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.